this week on Hope for the Broken. Often in Scripture, God asks His people to remember ways in which He has worked. The entire Old Testament is full of examples where God gives commands for us to celebrate, to remember. Even many feasts were set up for this very purpose of regular remembrance of how God has been faithful to them. And it was not only to serve as a testimony for that generation in which God moved, but a testimony to future generations that God has moved, that God is faithful, and that God will continue to be faithful. Welcome to Hope for the Broken, the audio podcast ministry of Trinity Baptist Church in Mount Pleasant, Texas. I'm your host, Austin Mahoney. We exist to become a gospel-centered community redeeming brokenness through hope in Jesus Christ. At Trinity, we believe we are all broken and in need of the redeeming hope found in Jesus. For more information about our church, visit us on our website at trinitytx.org. This week is Celebration Sunday. We set aside a week every year to reflect on and celebrate what God has done in the life of our church. Here's our pastor, Chris Wigley, to give us a report so that we can give praise to Jesus for all the ways he has been good to us. I'm excited about today to celebrate all that the Lord has done. I want to make sure that this builds your faith. At the end of today, you should leave here encouraged. You know, I think sometimes we live in a culture, we live in a society where we wonder, God, are you doing a work? God, are you even there? Do we see evidence of God doing a work? Because a lot of times everywhere we look, we can be discouraged when it comes to being people of faith. But I can tell you this, God is on the move. And God is stirring in the hearts of people. And the reason why I know that is because he's doing that here in our own fellowship. And I know that this is the case uh, around the, the world. You know, often in Scripture, God asks his people to remember ways in which he has worked. Uh, the entire Old Testament is full of examples where God gives commands for us to celebrate, to remember even many feasts in the Old Testament were set up for this very purpose of regular remembrance of how God has been faithful to them. And it was not only to serve as a testimony for that generation in which God moved, but a testimony to future generations that God has moved, that God is faithful, and that God will continue to be faithful. And then in the pages of the New Testament, now for 2,000 years, the church has been entrusted with remembering that Jesus is, is Lord through the observance of Lord's Supper. God is big into remembering, and the reason why is because he's worthy of our celebration, but beyond that, it strengthens our faith. The, the greatest uh, prediction of how faithful God will be in the future is how faithful God has been in the past. And so today, not only do we celebrate what God has done in 2022 to this point, but we look forward with anticipation all that God is going to do in our fellowship in 2023. I want to read for you a Bible verse that I believe encapsulates this year at Trinity Baptist Church in Mount Pleasant, Texas. Psalm 126 verses 1 through 3 reminds me as I read this, reminds me of what God has done in our fellowship. Beginning in verse 1, it says this, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. And then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. And then they said among the, the nations around, the Lord has done great things for them. Oh, the Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Are you not glad for the great things that the Lord has done for you and for us as a church? And so this morning, we're going to shape our celebration 
around the mission, the vision, and the strategy that God has given our church to kind of gauge the work of God and how he is working in, in fulfilling that vision that he has given us as a church. Just a little bit of a teaching opportunity here. You know, a mission that an organization has, a mission that a church has answers the question, what must we do? What is our primary objective? What is it that as a church, God has asked us to do? And we believe that God has given every Bible-believing, Christ-exalting church on the planet one single mission. And it comes from Matthew chapter 28. It is known as the Great Commission. This is the words of our Lord. The, the mission of his bride, the church, the capital C church, is to make disciples. That's what we are to do. Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20, Jesus says, Go therefore into all nations, making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the end of the age. So the answer to the mission, what is it that we must do as Trinity Baptist Church, as a local expression of the church universal, we are to make disciples that make disciples. That's what we are to be about. And so I want you to repeat that with me, make disciples that make disciples. You guys ready? Here we go. What are we to be about? We are to make disciples that make disciples. That is our mission. It is given to us by our Lord. Now let's talk about vision. While mission answers the question, what is mission critical? What is it that we must do? We must make disciples. Vision is a unique thing that God has assigned to every local church. And, and each church is unique in the, in the way in which they accomplish the vision, but the, but the mission remains the same. And, and so while mission answers the question what we must do, vision answers the question how are we going to do that? And God has given us here at Trinity Baptist Church an incredible vision. And, and it's something that fires me up, and, and it can be encapsulated into a single vision statement. Our vision that God has given us at Trinity Baptist Church is to become a gospel-centered community, redeeming brokenness through hope in Jesus Christ. That is our rally cry. That is how we are going to make disciples that make disciples. And there's two parts to that vision statement. There is the what we must become, and then there is what we believe will happen when we do the work of becoming what God has called us to become. When we become a gospel-centered community, guess what's going to happen? We're going to see the redemption of all the things that are broken in our area because there is a solution to all that, that ails our culture. It is a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. And when Jesus steps into our life, he heals the areas of brokenness in our life, and he gets us on the path with him. And so if we'll do the hard work of becoming a gospel-centered community, we believe with all of our heart that Jesus will do the work of redeeming what is broken in our community and in our world. Amen? That is how we're going to accomplish our, our mission. Now, I want to ask you to do something here. If you call Trinity Baptist Church your home church, I want to ask you to memorize that vision statement. It is printed on the front side there of your annual report. And that vision is to drive everything that we do here at Trinity. It should drive the way in which we pray. It should drive the way in which we program. It should drive the way in which our heart beats 
for what God is doing here in and through us. And so I want to ask you to memorize that if you call Trinity your home. And, you know, knowing the mission, knowing what it is that we must do, and having a vision statement is awesome. And it fires me up. But a lot of organizations, church included, have a tendency to stop at developing those two things. It is one thing to have a mission, to know the mission. It is another thing to have a vision, but it is a whole other thing to say we're going to strategize to accomplish that vision. And so at Trinity, we want to be serious about the vision that God has given us and doing the work in order to see that which we believe God wants to do in and through us. And so we have a threefold strategy that will help us to become a gospel-centered community which will result in the redemption of what is broken by proclaiming the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Our threefold strategy is trusting Jesus through worship, transforming lives in community, and telling others by living on mission. That, my friends, is how we are going to become a gospel-centered, a gospel-focused community. Trusting, transforming, telling. Say those words with me, okay? Trusting, transforming, and telling. Now, what is unique with those three words is, yes, they all start with the letter T, but more importantly, they all end with I-N-G. And what that means is this, is that this is a continual, ongoing process that you and I must be engaged in as we seek to become that which God is calling us to become. We continually express our trust in Jesus by the way in which we worship him. We are continually being transformed and made into the very image of Christ, and the vehicle of that is community. And we are constantly telling everyone about the good news and the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. These are the things that God is calling us to. So this morning, our celebration will center around those three strategy points. And by the way, let me just give a disclaimer here at the very beginning. There is no way I'm going to be able to cover all that the Lord has done in 2022 to this point. We would be here all year to talk about that. So the goal is to kind of stay at a 30,000-foot view and us begin to look at the significant things, the the things that kind of tell us how God is, is working. And I hope that you are encouraged by it. Let's, so let's first look at how we are doing with the strategy point of trusting Jesus through worship. Listen, worship is more than just music. Worship is more than just words on a screen. Worship actually has two components. Worship is first private and second corporate. Private worship is how we spend time engaging Jesus each and every day of our lives. That is private worship. Did you know that you worship something? Our lives are constantly ascribing worth to something each and every day. What is utmost valuable in our life is the very thing by which we worship. And and for a Christ follower, that is to be Jesus. But we also participate in corporate worship. Corporate worship is when we come together in a meeting like this and we exalt our voices together and we ascribe worth to King Jesus. And so my prayer is that your private worship enthuses your corporate worship. And my prayer is that your corporate worship inspires your personal time with Jesus in your private worship. And so doing, we work in tandem with one another. So having said that, how are we doing in the arena of trusting Jesus through worship? 
I can't gauge the pulse of your private worship. I want to ask you to do that as you evaluate where you've come this year in 2022. But I can gauge the pulse of our corporate worship. Uh, and to date, in 2022, we are averaging 421 people in our worship services. That is a 12.3% growth over the same period of time last year. Now, let me just put you in perspective here. Woohoo! That is awesome. The, the fastest growing churches in America grow at a clip of 10% every year. Because of the work that God is doing in and through our church, we are outpacing even some of the fastest growing churches in America. That's remarkable. 12.3% growth. We've had 20 baptisms this year. Amen. That is a key indicator. Baptisms, the reason why we celebrate that is because that is a key indicator to people placing their faith in Jesus and following through in believers' baptism. And as we say around here, we have even more people in the hopper. Like I said, we're going to baptize a, a, a young boy who came up at the end of a uh, service and said, I need Jesus. we got some teenagers that have said, I need Jesus. And we're working to get them baptized. And so I'm fired up about that. Easter this past year was absolutely incredible. Uh, Easter Sunday, the weather was not real cooperative. Remember, we were going to do an outdoor sunrise service, and we had to move it indoors. And, and I bugged you via text message uh, early Easter Sunday morning uh, about that change. But listen, it didn't stop people from showing up. We had 961 people a part of worship on Easter Sunday. What else fires me up about Easter is we, we ramped up and we kicked off a new first-time guest experience here. But when you see people with those badges around their neck, they are intentionally engaging first-time guests. We designated a whole brand new area of parking spaces to this first-time guest, which welcome is written in English and Spanish. How awesome is that? And, and they intentionally engage in these people. Since March, since we kicked that off, since March of this year, we have had 103 first-time guests show up on our campus. And, and here's another interesting statistic. If you skip down in your annual report there, you'll see that we've had 48 new members join our fellowship. That means almost 50% of the people who come in on first-time guests wind up joining our church. And that number is skewed a little bit low because that 48 only represents the number of people who have completed all necessary steps to become an active covenant member. We still have some that have attended new member workshop or starting point as we've called it now, and they have yet to get their paperwork in. And so that is a fantastic indicator of the health of our church. Not only are people coming, they're getting connected and they're staying. And that is awesome. And you know what that is a testament to? It's a testament to the welcoming nature of this very church. When I follow up with our first-time guests, the thing that I always hear from almost every single one of them is your church, Pastor, is so welcoming. It is a place where everyone wants to be, and we feel like we belong here. Let's keep up that great work. Let's continue to, to reach out to our community. Let's welcome all people from all walks of life that they may encounter the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. Did you know that worship is an important strategy point for all age groups on our campus, not just adults? On average, 
We have about 96 preschoolers and kids worship on our campus every Sunday in our kids' ministry area. By the way, yeah, how awesome is that? If you have never been on that side of the, of the building, you're missing out on all the fun. In fact, I'll tell you the most, the most fun place to be on this campus on a Sunday morning is down that hallway. Seeing little kids raise their hand in worship and do motions. Seeing children lead their peers in worship is absolutely incredible. Heartwarming, to say the very least. This year, our kids launched a group that is called Faith Finders. It is a worship team that stands before their peers and leads them in worship. I've had the privilege of sitting in there on some Wednesday nights. There's kids that sing solos. I am so fired up because there are some amazing voices down there in the kids' ministry area. And you know what's going to happen? Is they're going to grow up and they're going to become worship leaders on this stage. And that's exciting for me to hear. Our student ministry launched a student worship band this year. And they lead once a month on Wednesday nights. They lead their peers in worship. An incredible, talented group of students that is willing to say, I want to use my gifts, my talents, my abilities to glorify the Lord amongst my peers. How much is that in need of today? And our church is leading the way in that endeavor. Worship is vital to our spiritual lives. Now, I do need to report to you that our online worship attendance seems to be declining. But I'm okay with that because our overarching worship service is sharply increasing. It tells me that people are leaving the online experience and realizing the importance of gathering with God's people. But we continue to offer online worship services. You know why? Because while attendance, the numbers are declining, the global reach of our online worship services is increasing. Today, we will have brothers and sisters from Pakistan join us live online. We'll have brothers and sisters from Kenya join us online today, people that we have reached out to and had dialogue with. And you're going to hear from Pastor Paul Rashid from Pakistan later on in the services. And so while our attendance online is decreasing, our global reach is increasing. Can you imagine that? A little old church in, in Mount Pleasant, Texas, having that kind of global impact. And so we'll continue to do online worship services. Of course, you guys have met Bianca, who is, who is uh, faithfully attends in Germany, and she has joined our praise team. So when she's in town, she's up here praising. We baptized her back in January. I mean, God is doing a work in and through even our online reach. A lot of things to celebrate there, but I'm done for that part. I want you to hear a testimony of what worship has meant to a couple of people who have recently uh, joined our church. Turn your attention to the screens. We watched Trinity um, a couple of times online mm -hmm. and um, really talked about it as a family, what we wanted to do. And then just one weekend, we thought, well, we'll go to Trinity. It was Easter. It was Easter Sunday. Mm -hmm. And we said, we'll go to Trinity. And uh, we walked in, felt an overwhelming peace. Yeah. Felt at home. Mm -hmm. And after the first service, we were like, this, this is, is it. it. <laughs> this yeah. is it. And mm -hmm. uh, I mean, how often does that happen yeah. with the first service? Usually you have to get in and get the feel of it, but it was like 
instant. Yeah, we just jumped right in. And yeah. It was like we found our church home. It was, it was wonderful. What makes worship meaningful to me, um, I think is it's kind of my time with, you know, God and, and kind of, you know, just kind of giving myself over to Him and, you know, showing Him, you know, this is all of my burdens and my chains, you know, and it, it kind of is my time to give that to Him. And I think Trinity is a really great place for me to be able to do that. It's really just, it's we, really nice to be open We can that. We can express ourselves here. Yeah, yeah. Raise our hands and I cry, cry. I yeah, cry, cry a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I cry a lot because I, I just feel it so deeply that, I just feel it so deeply yeah. that it comes out in tears yeah. sometimes. And I don't feel that anybody here judges. And you know, if you want to look around, other people are feeling it too. Mm -hmm. And that's what that's what worship means to yeah the freedom yeah the, the freedom, freedom of worship in the way that we that we want that yeah. we feel in our hearts as a family. Even through the week, we talk about what we've learned here yeah. on Sunday all through the week. And so yeah. it it's it's different. We loved watching it. Um, live when we could, but it's a whole different experience being here and the feeling and the uh, the family, mm -hmm. the not just our family, but, but our everybody. church family. Mm -hmm. And that's why actually coming here is so important to us, attending here faithfully. Say yes, get an applause. It is so much fun seeing you guys as a part of our worship, your entire family. What a blessing you've been, and thank you for your willingness to share your story. Uh, new members since Easter, how about that? And uh, they have found a home here. We're grateful for that. So we talked about trusting Jesus through worship. Anybody remember the second strategy point? We got trusting transforming. All right, good. Y'all are listening out there. That it fires me up, man. That's exciting. Here's the deal. God didn't wire us to do life alone. God wired us from the very beginning for relationships. You remember the one thing that wasn't good in God's creation? It was that Adam was alone. See, God designed Adam for a relationship. And ultimately, part of that fulfillment was a relationship with his wife, Eve, who God gave just for him. And, and God continues to wire us for relationships. Sure, there are those that are introverted. There are those that are extroverted. My wife tends to be more introverted. I am extremely extroverted. I wear her out. You need to pray for her, right? But it doesn't matter whether you're introverted, extroverted, or in between. God has wired you for relationships. And, and I think it's a testimony of all of us that who we surround ourselves with is vitally important. We become like the people we surround ourselves with. And so it's vitally important that if we're going to grow in our relationship with Jesus, we must be connected to God's people. And the way we do that at Trinity is through Bible study groups. We so strongly believe that small group is a component of ministry for all age levels. Did you know our preschoolers have small group? That's what they do. 9.30, they do small group. And at 11, they do worship. Our kids' ministry at 9.30, they do small group. At 11, they do worship. Our student ministry at 9.30 does small groups. And at 11, they come in here for worship. 
It's a vital part to becoming a gospel-centered community. And I'm pleased to let you know, we have seen significant increase in our Bible study small group ministry in 2022. On average, 290 people participate in small group every week. That is representative of 71.4% of on-campus attendance. That's really good. Now, I would like to see that number, that percentage number, move to 75% in 2023. So that means if you're not yet connected in a group, you need to be. Remember what our mission is, to make disciples that make disciples. Our small group ministry is our greatest discipleship arm of our church. And if you're not plugged into a small group, you're missing out on being discipled here in our church. It is easy to come. Listen, I'm I'm not trying to step on your toes. I'm just telling you the truth. It is easy to come and be anonymous and leave and feel like you've done church. But listen, you haven't done church until you walked with people. Because those people are going to walk with you through even the most challenging of times in your life. They're going to stretch you. They're going to help you grow. They're They're going to challenge you in your faith. And beloved, that is a great thing. And so we continue to see uh, groups grow. And if you would like to get connected in a small group, you need to see Pastor Jeff. He wants to make sure that you are being discipled. And so you see him and he'll point you in the, the, the direction of a group. This year, we launched three new groups. Never were before. We launched three of them. And one of those groups is a group to young singles led by fairly new members, Lyle and Mindy Wright. Y'all wave your, wave your hands for just a second, okay? They're leading our young singles group. Did you know that young singles group? It meets at 11 o'clock. They average nine young singles each and every Sunday. Isn't that awesome? These people have decided to pour into the lives of people who need the church the most in that season of life, and that is a growing ministry. Our reach to local, our local college, Northeast Texas Community College, continues to grow. Uh, about every Sunday we have at the 930 service, sitting right back in here in that area, usually about seven to eight college students that are coming on a consistent basis. They're not here today because they're on Thanksgiving break. But you know what? One of them has even come up to me and says, hey, I play electric guitar. And so when he returns from Thanksgiving break, you're going to see a college student work around in our incredible worship band. And so we continue to increase our reach to our local community college. We've had nine people step up to the plate this year and agree to leading a small group. That fires me up more than anything. And the reason why is because those nine people represent people that understand the mission. If we are going to become people that make disciples that in turn make disciples, we need leaders to invest in those disciples. And so nine people have stepped up to to lead a small group, and we need more groups. Uh, And this fall, we made a pivot on Wednesday nights in the area of transforming lives and community to uh, provide a meal for every kid on our campus on Wednesday nights. I don't know if you know this or not, but on Wednesdays, we partner with one of our local missions partners, Hope Ministries, while they do an intensive discipleship program for the women that are a part of that ministry We minister to their kids. And many of those kids come to us hungry. And we made a pivot this fall to provide a meal for every single kid. On average, we have about 88 kids, 88 mouths that we feed every Wednesday night at no charge to them or those families. In 2022, we had 15 families participate in family dedication. 
Those families represent 24 kids. And as we work to become a gospel-centered community, the gospel-centeredness has got to permeate from our church into our homes. Listen, parents, grandparents in the room, your job is to be the primary spiritual educators of your home. But we as the church, we want to help equip you to do that. That's why next year in 2023, we're going to host and put on our very own marriage and parenting conference. Uh, Dr. Chapman and his wife, Patty, are leading a team of people to put that on. It's going to be incredible. Next fall, you're going to want to be a part of that. And that is huge for us. Let me tell you why. The number of people, the number of young families that are pouring into this place creates a burden within me to instill within them and equip them to be uh, primary spiritual educators of their home. I think these young families are hungry for truth. I think our world is hungry for truth. And we want to be a church that equips them to do the task that God has called them to do, to be the parents that God has called him, them to be. Uh, I've had the privilege of serving on staff of five different churches. None of those churches have leveraged the facilities that they have like Trinity Baptist Church leverages our facilities. Did you know that we have Bible education happening on our campus five days a week? You think about that. Monday we, or Sunday, we gather all in here and we, we, we preach the Bible. That's what we stand on. Mondays, we have kingdom kids on Mondays and Wednesdays. Tuesdays, we forged a new partnership with a local homeschool co-op that does Christian education in this facility. They're all over this campus. Wednesdays and Wednesday night programs, we teach the Bible. Thursdays, we have a group of women ca called themselves Community Bible Studies, and they gather in here and they study the Bible together. Five days a week, this campus is utilized for Christian biblical education we estimate that approximately 954 people come through our campus every single week. That doesn't count the number of weddings, which we've had. Jeff, how many weddings have we had this fall? It's, <laughs> he's tired. He's tired. We've had a lot of weddings uh, this fall. And funerals. Did you know that we play host to a lot of uh, funerals from, from uh, community members, that their church isn't large enough to, to host the number of people that would be in attendance? We say yes to that. Because we want people to know that this is a place where they can come and they can celebrate life and they can celebrate even the hard moments of their life. And they can do so by standing upon the word of God. Is that not awesome? This church leverages this facility, every square foot of it. And you help us to do that. I want you to hear from Rod and Jane Wistrand, who's here in this service too, and their testimony of what transforming lives through, uh, through community looks like in their life. Y'all direct your attention to the screen. We moved here almost two years ago from the Houston area and the church uh, we attended there uh, just had an outstanding small group. They uh, helped me through some very difficult times uh, and were just great godly people. And, uh, that's what, uh, it's what we found here as well in, the, in our uh, Julian group. I like small group. I've been involved with small groups for years um, from my other church. And then Rod and I both lost spouses and we got married and 
So then we moved up here and it's been great to connect with another small group, knowing that that's your community. Um, church is important, assembly is important. Small group is where you really connect with people on a different level. Um, we're able to share things that are in a more intimate setting, which I think is real important. I feel like that's the real connection. And then just discussing what we've, you know, heard that Sunday morning and talking about, you know, how does this apply? You know, how how do you handle these things? And it's been it's been awesome. We have a great group. The Julian group uh, meets on Sunday evenings, uh, and what we do is. Uh, we go over that morning's uh, message uh, and it's good to hear everyone's uh, perspective on what they received from it. Very frequently there will be a, a, a something that someone takes from it that's different than what I uh, perceived and not more or less but a, a different view of the same uh, message that's uh, really good to hear. As the word says, um, iron sharpens iron. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's good to get together and discuss the things that have been shared and dig into the word maybe a little deeper. Just because you heard something, your perspective is not gonna be the same as someone else's. And there's always good food. Always. <laughs> being, being connected is a big part of, I think, why you need to be involved in a small group. Um, just attending church on Sunday, because we did that at first because we had so much going on and we were still traveling back and forth, um, trying to get settled here. And so uh, we really needed the small group and it was great when we finally got connected in the small group. I just feel like you have, you've come home. You've found those other believers that you can share things with. And I love our small group. Mm -hmm. Ditto. Thank you guys for sharing that testimony. It's incredible. I love the Wistrands, and, and uh, they are an encouragement to me. So we talked about trusting Jesus through worship. Talked about transforming lives and community. What's the third T? Telling. All right, more confidence. I love it. Telling others by living on mission. Listen, if I could tell you something, it would be this. Jesus didn't just save you for eternity. He saved you for a purpose and for a mission. When God rescues us, he also deploys us. Because it is his heartbeat that we join him in his activity in the world that we may bring all people into a saving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we are to be about. And one of the things that I love about our church is how we have become a missions-minded, missions-focused church. Perhaps if I could look back on 2022, this would be the most significant amount of growth in the life of our church in the area of missions. Think about the demonstration, the focus we have had on missions. This year, we brought on board a full-time missions and mobilization minister in Brittany Burns. Not only do we say it, not only do we put dollars where we are, but we resource staff in order to mobilize this, this church. She's doing a great job and working hard to mobilize our church family in our community and around the world. So far this year, we have applied 
$715.51 towards mission initiatives. Is that not incredible? That's a significant, yes. This includes our local and global missions partner support, local mission trip, local benevolence, and giving to the cooperative program of the Southern Baptist Convention. In essence, our missions approach is to budget 10% of our receipts applied. We tithe all of our income to missions, an outward focus. We also helped send a young college student on mission this summer to Northeast Africa. And that opened this young lady's eyes, and God has called her to the mission field. And our missions team right now is preparing to launch her as soon as she graduates to become a full-time International Mission Board missionary. We'll be her sending church. How awesome is that? If I can share my favorite part about Trinity's missions focus... It's the fact that we don't just give money. We, give our, we get our hands dirty. We resource our missions partners, but more than that, we come alongside them to help them do their work. In April of this year, we began a partnership with the East Texas Food Bank to host a mobile food pantry on the second Saturday of every month. Since April, since the forging of this partnership, we have distributed food items to 2,637 families. That's families, not people. When you think that the average size of a family, and you apply that to the number of families we fed, you've got to think over 11,000 people have been fed through this partnership. We continue to help people by providing monies for benevolence and assisting people with, with food, with bills, and transition housing. Did you know that our preschoolers and kids have also gotten their hands dirty? Every Sunday as a part of preschool worship, kids bring supplies. They bring an offering every single Sunday. And our preschool ministry is partnered with one of our local missions partners, Expectant Heart Ministries, which is a crisis pregnancy resource center. And they have supplied them with countless numbers of diapers and diaper wipes, that formula, all the things that have been passed on to expectant heart that is applied to their clients in their setting. Our preschoolers are changing our community. Our kids have partnered with Root Haven, which is a homeless ministry in our area, to provide key supplies and resources to help them to connect and help those that are homeless and in transitional housing. We forged three new mission partners in 2022, two global partners and one local partner. We look to increase those partners in 2023. Our missions team has been at work identifying and vetting new partners. You have a missions team, and it is their job to oversee the missions budget, but to also stay in touch with and vet all of our missions partners. And they make recommendations upon their findings. Next year, we'll be supporting a church plant, a new church plant in one of the fastest growing cities in America, Fort Worth, Texas. People are coming from all over the country to Fort Worth, and they're going to hear the good news through Redemption City Church. We're excited to also provide assistance to a new children's foster home that will that have plans to launch next year here in Mount Pleasant. We've also launched a missions component to our church website. 
It's still under construction, but you can look at it and it lists all of our partners that we partner with on a consistent basis and all that we have going on in the areas of missions. You can go to trinitytx.org slash missions and be able to access that website. I'm also excited to announce that we'll be launching Celebrate Recovery in January of 2024. CR seeks to minister to those that have hurts, habits, and hangups. And I don't know if you know this or not, but our community is in desperate need of such a ministry, and Trinity is answering the call. Trinity will be stepping up in 2024. Our very own Kenny and Marilyn Logan will be serving as point leaders for that ministry. And you might think, well, Pastor Chris, why are you announcing something now for 2024? Well, it takes a year to prep for that. It takes a year to identify the leadership team and for them to go through trainings and things like that so that we can launch it in 2024. But we are becoming very intentional in this coming year. And here's the deal. If you are interested in helping out start such an impactful ministry, they can use you. And so not today, but starting next Sunday, Kenny and Marilyn will be out in the foyer every single Sunday through uh, the first part of January to give you information on getting connected on how you can serve and make Celebrate Recovery uh, come to reality. One of the reasons why I love serving as your pastor is the outward focus you have on the hurting and the needy. And not only do you have a focus on them, but you resource them. You're willing to serve them. One of the things that we say around our staff team, we have a saying that says, Trinity serves. It's who we are. It's what we do. Trinity serves. We want that to become your heartbeat too. We serve. It's who we are. It's who God has called us to be. It's what we do. And it comes out of a response of what Jesus has done in our life. One of the greatest ways that we see you stepping up to the plate is volunteering in ministries on our campus. Did you know that it takes 112 volunteers to execute ministry here at Trinity each week? 112 volunteers. If you would like to serve, I promise we have a place for you. Our staff will put you to work. And when you serve, guess what? It changes you. That is true when you serve on our campus. It's true when you serve in our city. And it's true when you serve around the world. In fact, this next video testimony is of Rance Craig, and he wants to talk to you and share with you about what it meant and how it changed his life by serving on mission in Honduras. Direct your attention to the screens. This year, at the end of August, I went with a group. I believe we had, I believe it wound up being eight people. Uh, we went to Honduras. It's kind of an established spot for us to go. We've got uh, Paul and Kay who are full-time missionaries living down there, and they've made a lot of connections with pastors and people doing outreach down there. The idea was to go down, kind of do a VBS type thing throughout the week. Well, they've recently completed a new church building and a new home for the pastor, as well as it kind of doubles as a children's home because there's a lot of homeless kids, kids without their parents and things in that area. And so he's taken in quite a few of them. And so because they had just finished construction, they weren't really set up to go for a BBS yet. So we kind of shifted to more of a construction-based mission. And we wound up painting the 
inside of the home. Uh, and actually, by the time we left, the outside of the home was uh, completed. And then also we built six or seven bunk beds uh, for the children there. I never thought about the fact that a lot of these kids have never actually slept on a bed. There's some of them that just sleep outside. You know, they sleep on the concrete floor inside if they can. Um, we would see like, there was like a little closet that we had supplies put in. And one day we found this, you know, it was just a blanket and like this old torn up mattress kind of tucked away in there and it's like, kind of hit you like, yeah, it's, one of them slept there last night. Honestly, our job was just to love on these kids. And it was amazing because I don't speak Spanish, I'm trying to learn now, but these kids would come up. I would know a few phrases. They didn't know any English, but they just wanted to have your attention. And I would have kids climbing on my back, you know, want to play, we'd kick balls around, whatever. They would want to help us with the construction. And I've never seen a kid get so excited about like somebody letting them use a drill, even though that was disastrous at times. But, you know, they don't have, most of them definitely don't have dads. So to get to do that was pretty awesome. On this trip, I felt like God spoke to me a lot. Um, I felt very convicted about my own level of contentment. When you go to a place like Honduras, where especially this particular place where, again, some of these kids sleep outside, they don't have anything. And who was cooking dinner every day? Them, you know, these families, they didn't have anything, but they were happy to serve us while we were there. I was amazed at the stewardship of what resources they do have there. If you're on the fence about going on a mission trip, uh, I can definitely relate to that, I was, but you will not regret it. It was extremely fun, I mean, we worked, but we had some of the coolest experiences. And I, I got to ride on top of a truck, we all did, with like 40 kids piled on, they're all, Spanish speaking and singing praise and worship songs that have no idea what they're saying, but I can pick out enough pieces to know that they're, they're worshiping God. You know, God uses service, I think, to shape us more than it is for His need. He doesn't need us. Um, but I think that it molds us to be more like Jesus. He was the ultimate servant. And also, when you do that service in a place like that, it's rewarding, it's fun, and then it's very much appreciated. The people there show that over and over and immediately. Um, you don't get that everywhere that you go. Tell you what, Rance better watch out. The Lord just may have a call on that young man's life, and uh, it is so exciting to see uh, and hear that testimony. By the way, some of you are going to get called in 2023 to go on a mission trip somewhere. Let's get ready. Let's go, uh, and let's go together. It'd be awesome. I want to give you a, a brief financial report, and then ask Gustavo to come and lead us in voting for the proposed 2023 budget. At the time of the printing of this report. Our budget requirement was $902,273. Uh, 
I'm excited to tell you that our contributions in the same period exceeded that requirement at $904,648.61. Our expenses at the end of the third quarter was $823,140.02. I hope that you see that we desire to steward the resources that you give to Trinity Baptist Church and to do so with laser focus to, to help us to accomplish our vision. And so I want to say thank you, church family. Thank you for resourcing the vision. Thank you for fueling the mission. And you, by giving and your generosity, helps us do that. And I look forward to finishing out the year in 2023 in this same strong financial position as we look forward to 2023. At this time, I want to invite Gustavo Kamal. Gustavo serves as the chair of our deacon body. Uh, to come and to lead us in a time of vote, vote as we formally take action on this 2023 proposed budget. Gustavo. Good morning. As you made your way into the worship center, you found two piece of papers on, on your seat. One of them is our voting uh, budget proposal. If you don't have one, please raise your hand and we come out and, and give you one. So, our staff work really hard to put this together, and, and when they, whenever they put it together, they bring it to the elders' staff, they look at it, and then they take it to the stewardship uh, committee, and they all review it, look at it, and they send it to us by email, and some of them got a hard copy of it. So now it's... Uh, they, they look at it in consideration of what it's going to be like, and they put it on our hands by email, and some others got it by, on, on a hard copy. So the budget proposed for 2023 was distributed by email and also provided a hard copy for, in the fellowship area. And then they gave two opportunities to ask questions and to answer whatever question you have for for this, and once the proposal for 2023 was finalized, they, they sent it to us. Now, if you will, at this time, take your ballots and make you, uh, you can start voting. This is for uh, active members of Trinity, and you can start voting if you want to vote yes on your form, you can say yes. If you oppose to it, you can say no, and, and you can ask more questions, I guess, of whatever you need. So if you will, go ahead and, and, and vote for your proposal of 2023. And once you have done that, please pass them to the middle, and, and our deacons will pick it up from, from you. Thank you, Gustavo. Appreciate that very, very much. While you are marking your ballots, while you're folding those and passing them, uh, in for our deacons to collect. I want you to hear from some of our ministry partners. Direct your attention to the screen. Good morning, Trinity Baptist Church. My name is Jeremy Randolph. I'm the director of the Harmony Pittsburgh Baptist Association. I just want to say thank you for contributing to the mission's efforts in our community. Because you give, our disaster relief team was able to deploy to our community, Kaysen, Hugh Springs, 
in Naples just two weeks ago after the devastating tornadoes that blew through. Because you give, men and women were on the ground with chainsaws, skid steers, tractors, and more helping people in need, showing people the love of Christ in a practical, tangible way. So thank you, Trinity Baptist Church. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we're the newbies, your missionary partners in Honduras. Uh, my name is Paul and this is my wife Kay. Uh, we live there permanently in Honduras and we're very happy to be partnered with you guys and you guys to partner with us. We do a lot of things down there. Number one, we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ um, and we're seeing souls saved and, and baptized literally by the dozens. And we want to say thank you for that. We do we do healthcare and marriage and family with Dr. Uh, Joel uh, Chapman and his wife Patty. Uh, you guys just came down and helped us finish up the homeless children's center. So we just want to say how much we appreciate you for that. Most importantly to us is the love of Christ that exudes from this congregation at Trinity Baptist Church, and we're so appreciative of all you've done, poured into us, and the love and the prayers, the fasting in this difficult time and we love being a partner with you in this work. Hi, I'm Regina and I serve with Crew in Slovakia. With your help, uh, I was able to pivot myself and our team in ministry to help meet the needs of the refugees coming from the Ukraine war. And we've also were able to meet students that speak out, share the gospel with them and have four new um, members in the body of Christ. Thank you. Titus County Cares is a Christ-centered, nonprofit organization that coordinates resources and services to meet the needs of our neighbors in Titus County. Through our food pantry, our monthly produce drop, and multiple children's programs, we are dedicated to reaching the most vulnerable within our community. The support we receive from Trinity Baptist Church ensures that we have the means to be certain that not one of our neighbors goes hungry. Hello, I'm Tamika, the Operations Coordinator at Expected Heart Pregnancy Resource Center. And I'm Marcia Morris. I'm the Community Liaison at Expected Heart Pregnancy Resource Center. We would like to thank Trinity Baptist Church for their generous donations that they have given us throughout the year. Um, it has helped us to care, equip, and empower our clients in a great way. Just in October alone, we were able to service 533 clients. So again, thank you so much. Thank you guys! Well, hello Trinity. I'm Charla Bowen and I'm the counselor at Safety Crisis Center. And this is my co-therapist, Georgia. During this time of Thanksgiving, we just want to take a few seconds to let you know how much we truly appreciate your love and support to our community. Thank you for your gift of giving that you give us. And we just want you to know that the money that you give us goes directly to the clients through uh, food, gas, medical necessities, hotels, uh, just the things that the clients need in the moment is, is what through your money we're able to provide to them. Uh, we really appreciate your dedication to our community. We appreciate your dedication to our underserved and mar marginalized communities and thank you for your support in helping us. My name is Tony and I'm here at God School which is called the Mount Pleasant Christian School. And I'm standing here on parking spots that Trinity, which my wife and I are a part of, helped purchase for our students who are now driving. And we wanted to say thank you to the people at Trinity for your prayer and financial support. Hello Trinity family from Puerto Penasco, Mexico. We're Dennis and Brandy Kelly with Incurios International. We are so grateful for your prayers and financial partnership that allow us to travel to missionaries serving in challenging cross-cultural ministries and provide them refreshment, encouragement, and hope. We're thankful for all the ways that you care for us and Hope who is still with you so that we can care for others. We miss y'all. 
Hello, uh, my name is Pastor Paul Rashid from Trinity Baptist Church, Pakistan. And I am so blessed and I am so pleased uh, that uh, you are doing a great work. Uh, I watch the uh, Bible services, uh, the prayer services every Sunday. The Lord is good and uh, his uh, blessing is uh, with us. Praise God. Hallelujah. May God bless you and God bless your family. Amen. Are you encouraged by the work that God has done in and through our church? Very much so. And I want to say thank you for being a partner in that. And it's not possible without you. And I am fired up as I've ever been for 2023. You're listening to Trinity Baptist Church's Hope for the Broken podcast. If you would like to learn more about this ministry, visit us online at trinitytx.org. That's trinitytx.org. Here's Pastor Chris to wrap up our time together. Thanks for listening today. I'm so glad that you found this podcast. It is our prayer that you are encouraged and challenged by today's message. It is our goal at Trinity to lead everyone into a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have questions about what it means to trust Jesus as the Lord of your life, we would love to connect with you. Please feel free to give us a call at 903-572-1959 or email us at info at If you are ever in the East Texas area, we invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. Thanks so much for listening today. God bless you. We pray that you have experienced hope today. If you would like to support the ministries of Trinity Baptist Church with a financial gift, you can do so by giving online. Simply log on to trinitytx.org and click the Give tab. Be sure to join us next week as we look into God's Word on Hope for the Broken.